Welcome back to an all new installment of the Super Metal Brothers podcast where the wind blows right in our faces. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. And a bit of foreshadowing to our listeners today. That won't be the worst lyrics you hear today in this uh, episode, I would imagine, Danny. They, they're actually lyrics from a song. Yeah. <laughs> Went back to the Vandom Plaza album there. Uh, the next line, where the wind blows right in my face again. Uh, it's not a bad song either though, but I can't remember where it's from and it's probably best that you guys don't Google it. But if you want to hear good music, maybe you should because Van Plaza are a good band. What are we here for today, Danny? Uh, we're here to talk about the news. A lot of great stuff's happening in uh, heavy metal this week. We had the Arias and we want to give a shout out to another other than North Lane for winning the uh, best heavy metal hard rock album. And from memory, this is the first time a metal band's won that medal award, isn't that true? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, an even bigger shout out to the Aria. Like, they didn't show the award giving live. Not quite there yet. Not quite there yet, but at the end of the night, just before they give out, like, was it album of the year, whatever it is, they do like a count back of awards given out. And they said, mm. like, here's the best country album, best something album, best child contemporary adult album, because the Wiggles game mature these days and they did the best heavy metal album and they actually gave a shout out gave those guys 10 seconds to do their thing so hey that's more than I would have thought yeah exactly right soon enough they'll even acknowledge it for a musical genre but uh, you know we'll get there so they're not as bad as the Grammys where they acknowledge it as just a performance like you know it's like a clown you know carting a bunch of balls or something yeah and, and they play like Metallica songs when Megadeth wins it oh. <laughs> it's just like really come on man two biggest uh, thrash metal bands or almost metal bands going around right today and they got it wrong but uh, this week we're talking about wrestling music we've also listening to the latest Winds of Plagues album called The Blood of My Enemy oh if that isn't enough man. to prime you for this review kids don't listen to this man this is adult stuff so let's go first up to the news then by the graciousness of God, Suicide Silence has a new thing called the Roadie Experience. Basically, for $150 per show, you too can be a part of what it's like to listen to possibly the worst album of 2017, <laughs> Danny. Yeah, like right side of stage as well. <laughs> so it's good because sometimes when you go to gigs and you're, like, you're like stuck in the middle of people throwing elbows and stuff, Ugh. it kind of kills your music enjoyment experience. But now yeah. you're going to be side of stage and just... Embrace all of the music. So what are you getting for paying $150 per show? Well, American. $150 American. Oh, wow. So according to inflation, that's at least a liver transplant here in Australia. But never mind. Uh, we're looking at uh, what you're going to get for doing to, to pay this experience. Well, you get to work alongside the crew in the stand, you know, the side stage. Yeah, that's kind of fun. It's uh, You get a pre-show meal with the crew, so that's, that's interesting. Uh, What's it like to eat Maccas with a bunch of five guys who hate their fans? Um, mingle with the band during soundcheck. Well, if it wasn't enough that you're eating with them and mingling, that, what, you don't, you're not allowed to talk during the Maccas run? Like, yeah, but you know, mingling during soundcheck, that's what a roadie's job is. I mean, yeah. like, they're, they're just te- they're trying to expand, like trying to set them up, but that's, that's what you have to do anyway. Te- so it's, like it's, testing, testing, one, two, three. Yeah, yeah that's mingling, that, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, I was on the stage and he was on the stage, so, you know. A exclusive Sui Crew t-shirt. Dude, you can buy those from like an op shop for like 15 bucks like the suicide site why don't you just wait another two more weeks afterwards and you can buy it from the op shop for like 15 bucks the exact same one probably some guys pawned it off uh or also what about this study a working crew laminate oh you mean those things you get from like a golo or like reject shop for like two dollars fifty yeah. holy crap dan yeah. sign me up right yeah, yeah it's getting better or was that it was it no that's it no oh, that's all I'm you sorry. get oh, <laughs> that, that's lucky. 150 dollars 150 bucks that's that's pretty a but the problem is that like 
suicide silence, that give me credit, that's that's like this is gene level marketing. Yeah. Because normally they would have to pay for roadies. Now they're getting paid for people to be roadies. Yeah. That is like Gene Sims level marketing. Lug, lug their heavy gear, do that embarrassing, awkward testing, testing, yeah, 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 one, two, three, uh, crap that everyone really likes hearing during the gigs. And uh, you get to wear a ugly ass shirt while doing it. And you're paying $150 American, Danny. It's pretty A. That, wait, do you have to... The food's included, isn't it? Oh, well, it says here yeah, you get okay. to enjoy a pre-show meal with the crew. But it doesn't say anything that they've bought it for you. You just get to eat it there with them, I'd imagine. Is that like you a know? Snickers? Like, here's your Snickers. Like, what? Yeah. I was one. watching these um, things on uh, YouTube where they do that band meet and greet thing. And basically, the pre-show meal is pretty much like whatever the place that you're going to has organized for you it might be like a lasagna might be some sandwiches so you're not even guaranteed to enjoy the meal because the meal might be like dog shit and then, you know it's i mean not, not to be unfair but you don't know what you're getting you know it's just yeah. it's just a meal you know it's what they're going to supply yeah. and these days if it is a band it's basically beer accompanied with beer <laughs> and, and finish off with beer beer and pretzels yeah oh well let's talk about metal blade ceo now this guy is called brian slaggle and his advice for hardworking metal bands out there, you know what you want to do, the real hard work, Danny, to get to be the best heavy metal band today's thing? Just jump on social media. Apparently, all the work you need to do now is from the comfort of your own computer chair. The problem? Everyone else is doing the hard work behind the luxury of their new uh, racing seat that they got their parents' allowance. Yeah, when there's like funky mouse, which have like 20 buttons on them. Like oh, those gaming that's masters, right, masters. you know. Uh, when, you, when you're downloading all that uh, stuff like those illegal games and porn, I'm imagining between that, you can put your crappy band on there or, you know, it probably is a really awesome band that's going to be drowned out with uh, a lot of other things like that. Yeah. Uh, but social media is, it is really going off, man. Everyone's on their phones checking on Facebook to make sure their friends still like them. So it's important that they do that. Yeah, it's true. It is hard. They like, for that reason, everybody's doing the social media thing. You've got to do something different, but then what is different at the same time, unless you're giving away free merch to people, but then it doesn't work. So you, I don't know. I think touring, gigging good music is just going to be the way. And Yeah. But you, always re- keep it up to date with social media. You don't want to not do that. Cause people yeah, you want to keep them there irrelevant, but like, if you're going to be on social media, yeah, have the best music, have the best like production and lyric video, or have the best in production and sound quality, um, engage with the fans and be authentic about it, be real about it. There are so many other ways of being in social media, but nevertheless, it's there for you to take it on board. And I think us relics who buy CDs, mate, we're, we're, we're the codgers of the group now. At the ripe old age of th- in our 30s, <laughs> we're ready to retire and be put down with uh, the horses and stuff, Danny. Yeah, definitely right. So um, yeah, so those bands out there, uh, and, and also Kerry King gave great advice about a couple of months back. Yeah, don't be shit. So yeah. don't be shit and go on social media. <laughs> you, you'll be Metallica by the end of the year. <laughs> Enjoy your $3 million, friends. Um, D. Snyder says he can't be friends with Donald Trump anymore. Calls the uh, Mexican border wall crazy, implying that he actually was best mates with him. And back in the day when he was on his uh, uh, reality TV show, uh, they were at one point. I think he spent three years on the show, apparently. Yeah, apparently he was that celebrity sh- apprentice show, which is like, like crap anyway, because you yeah. just... You're on a TV show and nothing you really do matters in the real world because all fake businesses, etc., etc. But in the end, I don't really think Donald Trump cares that these nice guys for anymore. And, Not really. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. As metal bands, you are anti-establishment. Like, what made you think at some point it would be okay to be friends with the establishment? Where are you going to get your songs from? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love you, mate, but, like, my first three albums were pretty much 
you know, inspired by you guys being complete asshats to the whole entire world. And with, like you said, the tax cuts and all that kind of thing, I'm sure that's not winning anyone any favors right now in the US. Yeah, exactly right. And look, I don't know, can you actually be friends with someone like Trump anyway? I mean, you, you're never a friend of those people. They're like, you're, you're there because they need you at that time. I, th- but, yeah. I think when you're at that level, they respect you from being able to literally profit on the hard work and struggles of every other person and being like really snide whipply about it as well. You know, that's kind of where you're at, at that kind of money. Because no, one, cause no, you can't trust them too much because, you know, look what they've done to their parents. They're probably like one of the statistics of homelessness on the street. But yeah. at the same time, you know... This is kind of the whole deal. All I can say is that Dee Snyder isn't going to take Donald Trump's friendship anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Rex Bound Pantera reunion. We've talked a lot on this show about the Pantera reunion. And at one point, it could have been possible. But even Rex Brown, as well as um, the guys from uh, the the drummer as well, Vinnie Paul and Phil Anselmo, has said, you know, the music will always live on. But the chemistry died with Dime. Dime was the linchpin that held everything together. And the more we hear about those stories from Pantera, the more we realize how influential he was on people that weren't even metalheads. Yeah, exactly right. Like we um, heard David Grohl, like he learned about his um, how to treat bands and how to like network backstage through how Pantera acted and like reached out to people. Like anyone, Pantera backstage in their like green room had hard rock guys. So people like Britney Spears just chilling. So they were really cool. Even Ozzy Osbourne said the same thing. Top blokes, top uh, top party guys. Massive party animals. Like yeah. that's amazing. Good good chemistry. Yeah, but I'm just thinking though, with the whole. I know Dimebag isn't there, so they don't want a reunion. Plus all the aggression between um, Finny Paul and Phil. Yeah. Imagine if they did like a Dimebag hologram for Pantera. Oh my Ooh, god, ah. that would be like. How would they feel? I mean, he's there, but he's not. Oh, man, that'd blow the mind. Well, if they wait long enough, they would have all the members die and they can rejuvenate the whole band as a hologram. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> they so still weird. fight somehow. With, with like Atari graphics and stuff, that'd be <laughs> weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got rainbow singer Ronnie Romero. Now, according to Richie Blackmore's wife, who is m- pretty attractive, I must say, uh, apparently Ronnie Romero is an amazing find, the uh, singer that now has the luxury of recording songs like uh, As I Surrender, Back in the uh, 70s or 80s, that song when it first came out, Denny? Uh, let's go 80s. Well, I reckon we're going to go 70s. So let's go. <laughs> no, it was in it was 80s. <laughs> it was, was post Dio. All oh, right, fair enough. Um, you know, he, he's been recorded doing that song again with the, uh, you know, lackluster production and, you know, maybe even unnecessary because Rainbow have done that song. Uh, but he is a good talent. And I think uh, the problem that I found with the article is that at one point, Richie Blackmore and his wife were discussing who were going to be the members of the band. Did they return to the old? Did they return to the new? And then she found Ronnie Romero. So my thing is maybe Richie Blackmore isn't to blame for the old school reunion happening. Maybe his missus went over the top and said, hey, you know who's good is this guy? And it cut off anything else. Oh, she went up for Yoko. On the yeah. Thing. She's like, not only she's Yoko, not only she like like you know, cut the tree down, but she then salted the earth and made sure that there was no chance of hearing like the original... I so, remember like, so Yoko mixed with the guy who shot John Lennon. Yeah, <laughs> like the complete ass hat of music, all in one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, apparently they scout him off YouTube as well. So you know, Ash is not the only person who can find talent off YouTube. Social media, man. They must be taking advice from Brian Slagle, man. It must be. <laughs> yeah. It. There you go. You know, this guy talks. He knows. He knows in the way to go. Uh, Behemoth to be rejoined. They were rejoined. Behemoth by former members in Warsaw. The uh, these guys since the 2004 with the Demigod album, they've pretty much retained the same lineup. I think it has been the same lineup. So they'd be together for like 13 something yeah. years. 
that's 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 impressive you know and demigod being their finest uh record that they've released as well is good news right but uh, before that, if you're into their like black metal stuff, um, yeah, the drummer actually came on stage and did a couple of things with them in uh, Poland, which was which was quite nice. And uh, so if you like that kind of thing, there you go. It was weird because it was for like a Christmas type show or, or something. You which... get the Christ out of Christmas or like, no. a Christless Christmas or something, something like really like wow, it's so like Satan, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Satanist. <laughs> Get the crust out. Very Satanist. <laughs> That's a roll off the tongue as well. It's clunky. Uh, Mikhail Akafelt says Opeth started its own label because of bad time with Roadrunner Records. Apparently, Roadrunner Records. I've heard this before, man, where unless your name is Nickel and ends with Back uh, and you have Paddle Pop Lion as your lead singer, you're not going to get much of a look at Nickel Satanist. Very <laughs> <laughs> Nickel Satanist. That is the same thing uh what do you reckon danny was he right to you know pee all over a major label like that or is it pretty much given the past these days i don't know it seems like it's the way to go iced earth apparently going to start their own label next year but just be them uh, i mean he makes a good point saying if you have your own label you don't have any conflict with musicians yeah because you can get guys who are like in their own semi-labels who aren't that strict with who you can jam with can come to your label um they're not forced to like push out albums etc so yeah there's some good things about guess being your own label more money potentially i guess and you have the chance to sign bands and take all their money so that's yeah always exactly they have this like paradox where now opeth are like roadrunner records and then they only play bands like volby or something and it's like dude you got like you know uh pyramids or something you know play them but they're like nah man they don't make enough money um we got nikki sticks does, doesn't prefer to hang out with any of his former bandmates from motley Cree. Wise choice, considering most of them now will be dying of leprosy of uh, some gonorrhea infection, Danny. Something. <laughs> some like weird STD only they have. It's like, wow, you've like gained like, all your STDs are like fighting with each other. You like create a new STD. It's like Transformers. We get like Devastator. It's like, are we now combined to make... It's like Unicron. It's like this u- u- Unipus or something. <laughs> like, it affects like every woman in a 30 mile radius. <laughs> Come with puffy eyes and like oh. pregnancy or something. Oh man, it's disgusting. You, you can't blame for not coming back. I and mean, that's just like going back to like an addiction. Is that like you you broke away from like drugs and alcohol and stuff. You just can go back there. Exactly. It's kinda of like, wow, I'm happy again. And then he like meets him like twenty years down the road. It's like, dude, you remember me? And he's like, have one of these. It's like, dude, that's beer. I can't have beer. <laughs> he's like, no, just have one. And before you know it, they got another album out and uh, and uh, yeah. I think I think even if he walks past like Tommy Lee Jones's house, he starts like scratching his neck. <laughs> Gets the shakes. He's like, ah. Oh my His nose God. starts running. Ah. That's hilarious. Uh, Pink Floyd's Roger Waters, David Gilmore, and I are not mates. Man, it seems like 2017 is this like departure of friendship with metal. And I don't know why I'm saying that because I think there was another point that happened this year as well. But uh, yeah, but these guys. Oh, that's right. The whole. Uh, the. Um, uh, the Van Halen thing wasn't it? Like, didn't, oh, get, the, didn't yeah. get the Christmas card or something like yeah. that. Yeah, 70th birthday. He didn't get a happy birthday. Oh either. man, like, yeah. dude, that's that's not cool, man. So, uh, what's going on between uh, Dave Gilmore and uh, Roger Waters, Danny? What's well, happening? Apparently, it's like a 30-year-old rivalry. So this is kind of like, yeah. I can't remember sometimes what happened three or four days ago. Like, I don't really care about big things in my life, you know. And I wish my girlfriend wishes I did, you know, like birthdays and all that kind of thing. But um, 30 years to keep a grudge, it's like you might even have to remember what happened so you could be angry about it again because like that's a long time of bandmates years kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And Dave Gilmore, uh, no, no, Roger Waters is I think currently in Australia or touring Australia soon, pretty much playing Pink Floyd songs. So there you go. You still get it. Mm. 
gift that keeps on giving. What about Indonesian's president gifted a Metallica box set by the Danish prime minister? That's kind of cool. That guy knows his like, politicians. You know when you have like people who like are very good at being like diplomats and like you know, very good at first impressions. This Danish like pre- prime minister present spot on the money. He he sussed out his uh, colleague. Yeah. Smash. I bet he went on. I bet he went on the, the Indonesian prime minister's like, Wikipedia or on his Facebook account and said, like, "What is this guy interested in?" He saw all the metal bands and stuff. He's like, "You know what? Metallica are big. I can find their merch pretty easy." You know, goes online, gets it in two seconds, and before you know it, they're best of mates. Yeah, and that just came out of that box set, Metallica as well. I think so. He did. He did. Quite so that's well. the best way of trading. You know, all things like cotton and stuff, and maybe you know potatoes and that. Just give him a metal vinyl, and before you know it, you know restoration and peace between the nations. I think uh, I think we need to vote more prime ministers that are metal, so we can share this. Because all metalheads love sharing metal. So if you just bring it up, mate, you'll, any conflict resolution will be resolved. You know, just, you just got to find someone who likes, you know, a monomath in, in in Iran or in Iraq, and you'll see those tensions fly off in Syria, Denny. Yeah, you know, it's great when they have like the G20 conference. Whenever it's in like a certain country, they always wear like the national clothing of that country just to show, you know, we're not douching. Yeah. Imposing our religion or our cultures on you. I know you're honest. I can't wait until they go like Denmark and I wear like black male shirts. <laughs> You get all these politicians. Everyone in the uh, yeah, Unaco or whatever have to like wear their favorite band shirt. And it's like, dude, you love, oh my God, you love Smashing Pumpkins? Oh, I love Smashing Pumpkins. You know what I mean? That's the only way we're going to solve world uh, peace. Okay. FIFA got close. Like everyone in, in, like there's more people in FIFA than there is in the United Nations. So what we need now is a way of breaking even FIFA down to every country. And I think wearing a band shirt they love yeah. will get us there, Danny. Sweet as. Ex-Kiss guitarist Vinnie Vincent responds to Gene Simmons, I love and respect him like a brother. Do you feel like Vinnie Vincent wants to be on the next Kiss World Tour? Maybe a Gene Simmons money bag? Maybe they're going to sue and get the OJ label together maybe or, or trademark the horns. One could have the left hand, one could have the right, Danny. <laughs> one gets the pinky finger, one gets the pointer. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, if I read the article. Apparently Gene doesn't... He says this guy's a talented musician but I wouldn't hang out with him. Apparently this guy was like massive with the drugs and alcohol, etc. So maybe this guy is like just saying that because he's still drunk. And he's like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, they're awesome. Yeah, no, nah, I love those blokes. They're great, et cetera, mm. et cetera. But this guy, who, I don't know, he's, he was only like kissed for a short period of time, apparently. Yeah, he's still using it. He's doing like a book signing or he's doing like a, a kiss experience this weekend. He still makes his plain money out of it. So maybe that's why he wants to thank like Gene for like, man, you've set me up for life yeah. after like two or three years of work. So oh, thank you, Gene. Yeah, it's pretty much like once you're affiliated with it, you, you get to like sell the autobiography or like the mockumentary or whatever. And all you have to do is tell stories of other bandmates to get you involved. You know, you don't even have to live those experiences. You can just be around it and uh, make the money off of them. So good on Vinnie Vincent. Let's finish it off with, uh, I guess we'll talk about uh, Gua. Let's go Metalhead of the Week. And we can say that because uh, Gua gets thousands of fans to sign up for Bone Marrow Donation Registry. Pretty amazing stuff, man. Heavy metal music does have an impact on positive change, and uh, it's a big deal, man. This stuff is not uh, doesn't you know it's not easy going. It does hurt, and uh, they've done well. You know exactly right. Like I'm a um, pretty frequent plasma platelet donor, so if any person who's out there who's willing to like sign up to Australian Red Cross, it is a great thing. Um, you save three lives while you're doing it. I mean, bone marrow, little bit tricky. That's I've heard that's quite painful to yeah. donate. But apparently, there's a new way where they kind of in- you with something or do something else and it's kind of taken from the blood so mm. that might be better but look if you've ever thought about it just just check it out go with a friend it, the pain is only a very quick 
pain. Like if you pinch yourself really hard, that's how much the needle hurts. And yeah. after that, it doesn't hurt. So, so we'd like to thank Dean Worry for being our metalhead of the week then, apparently, <laughs> with your right. Red Cross for story. Well, that was very nice. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I haven't donated blood yet. I'm uh, I'm just those needles, man. I'm going to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's my white whale. Um, I know saying the word white these days is a very incredibly touchy topic, but uh, these days, you know, I'm working up to it. So yeah, let's go out there and do it. But let's uh, move on to our next, which is our podcast question this week. Super Metal Brother Dan, you like wrestling, don't you? Oh, yeah, brother. And if you don't like it, we got two words for you. Do Like it. <laughs> <laughs> simple. Simple. Uh, simple. Beep, beep. Uh, we got here. We asked the fans. Like, we went to the wrestling. We love the local wrestling. Every Once every month, we check it out. And in particular, there's one that has sold our hearts, and it's called Riot City Wrestling. And the reason why is simple. They play heavy metal for majority of their wrestlers. It's actually impressive how much you hear. We love it. We love them for it. We love the beer specials. Um, it's really good stuff. But what we thought was like, well, music, how can we talk this with our fans? Well, we know that. What was the music you would come out to as a wrestler? Whether you're the babies of faces saving the world from the terrors of the mightiest of hills, bringing destruction and anger and frustration to the Super Metal Brothers. Danny, our fans love this question. They've responded very heavily, so we need to go through a few of them before we uh, give a little spill of our own, I reckon. Yeah, the, we had a great response, so I'd like to thank everybody for responding. We had a bigger response to that than favorite guitarist of the year, and that just shows you what's really important in the world. Guitarists aren't. Spandex <laughs> and uh, having things shoved in your face. Which is more important? Let's talk about these musics, Danny. Exactly right. So I'll start off with uh, Steve Lehman, the uh, acclaimed Australian artist and uh, Super Metal Brother logo designer. So Steve Lehman says, I, I remember when I was young uh, by that dude from Chain. I believe it's that song. <laughs> Uh, what was it? Danny, did you sing it again? I remember when I was young. I remember when I was young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. so that, that, that's that's pretty brutal, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a guy who like loves hardcore punk, power and death metal. And thrash uh, and stuff. And thrash yeah. and stuff. Uh, unusual. Yeah, but why not? It's, it's all gimmick, though. That's the problem. That's you really right. have to set up like what your wrestler will be. I think, all right, yeah. with that song, I think our job today, Danny, is to give him a gimmick. And I think for him, he'll be the face uh, the, the jovial hardy ha ha with the beer and the scar and a wink and he'll wink to every single like fan in the audience and give him like a yeah. like that kind of thing and he, and you've seen Steve the guy is so lovely even as a face I mean even as a heel the guy would be like over more than um, I don't know rockets over uh, Syria or something I don't know yeah it could be like a Terry Funk inspired dude as well yeah so, uh, Jennifer Richardson so many different ones that I've always wanted My Curse by Killswitch Engage or Misery Business by Paramore for something more upbeat. Paramore's going to be her um, her face, but when she does a heel turn, definitely kill switch. Because then go. she's like all angry and angsty and like she hates her dad kind of thing. But then yeah. she'll love her dad again, which is a face, and she'll like like rain pops and stuff. So uh, good songs there. Uh, my Curse has got a really cool chorus. This is my curse. Good stuff. Yeah, I get you, man. Fantastic. Next up, Ben Saunders. Enter Sandman because RVD used it in E C Dub. No, I don't think he did. I think RVD used Walk. Yeah, he used Walk. I know yeah, but he, yeah. and he recycled the chorus. It was really unusual. All he did was play the chorus on loop. 
Sandman had entered Sandman. Yeah. And you just come out and literally it was the coolest entry in heavy in, in wrestling history. It would go for three minutes. The problem was then you'd have to watch Sandman wrestle, which was probably the, one of the worst things about <laughs> wrestling history. So I mean, guy the guy would drink before he got on stage. And then when he did the three minutes, he would drink at least, what, about six beers before he even got to the ring? Yeah, and I grabbed a beer can, smashed on his head till he started bleeding. Like, that was the match, was it? Him versus that beer can. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. But yeah, but in all honesty, it was amazing. It was really, really cool intro. Um, so, but again, it's a great song for that. It's very build up and stuff. But because it's so iconic and, and long in the memory of so many fans, uh, doing it right to pay homage might be like a bit tricky. Yeah, fair play. Uh, next up, we have Josh Rigby with Queen. Don't stop me now. Great song. Don't stop me because I'm having a good time, having a good time. So he can be like the Definitely. face, right? He'd be a good guy because obviously that song is so kick-ass and it will never put you in a bad mood. Or he's like the heel who's a dick. So he comes out and everyone's like, oh, there's that music because it's too happy. And he's like, look how cool I am. Like he's like so pretentious and annoying. A little bit like your boss from work pretty much. Okay, excellent. Excellent input there, Matthew. Uh, we shall go on with uh, James Way. He went to Widowmaker by the Black Dalalaya Murder. I've never heard of it. They're pretty heavy, so I guess it doesn't matter. They're just, just like intense and angry, but I guess, yeah. yeah. Cool, then we go to uh, Patrick Malone has two choices, Sodomites from Soulfly or Matter of Time from Hell Yeah. Yeah, pretty kick-ass music, pretty ballsy. Uh, get the people, like, you play that like in the second, third or the last matches of the night and people will be so drunk and so happy that they'll be going off, man. Ultimate face. Yeah, definitely right. And you have a uh, team, team. Can't even read names properly. Oh, Danny. Tim Giddings. Yeah. You're the best. Nothing you can take. Yeah, it's cool. Come wow. out Daniel Sun from Karate Kid. <laughs> What's that crank people? Yeah, I think so. And last one? Uh, no, two more. Two more. Angela Darlington, Billy Squire. Stroke me. Stroke me. Get on running out. No idea. But probably your face. It was the last one, man. Yeah, last one is Shades von Sintara. Also named Mitch Ramsey. He wants Ramstein's Mint Hill. Okay, so uh yeah, Ramstein like they cross over that borderline of like like brooding, but also like that sexual ambiguity kind of puts them into that heel thing because they kinda like you know, it's just so unusual and, 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 and different that uh, normally it puts you in that kind of thing. Like Zach Hammett from RCW, he's like, you're not too sure because he kind of licks dudes, but he also like, you know, punches them in the dick. So it's kind of like, dude, what's your angle? Like, you know, it's that kind of, you know, not cross. He's on the fence, but he's not too far off of it. And he's really enjoying sitting on the middle of it, you know, a little too much, I'd imagine. Yeah, fair play. But again, it's all based on like what your character is. And how his ring presence is, or her ring presence, and yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot to it, man. It is. So, Danny, we want to hear your wrestling music. What's it going to be, there, son? Uh, I got a couple. One is like Biomechanicals' uh, "Enemy Within." Oh, that's badass. Yeah, because it's bad. Because it starts with like a whole slow industrial sound for like five to seconds. Like, oh, what's happening here? Like all the smoke blows, and it gets all crazy, and just kicks into like a full like death thrash riff. Like, oh. mm. so that's a great song to come out to. Um, if I was like an ultra like baby. Face, dude, I'll come out with like Dare from Transformers movie. Yeah, because that it's just like so uh, upbeat and like, yeah, Dare, we can do it. Yeah, yeah, but you you would be like that, literally like Babyface, you get squashed by everyone like Kane yeah. and Undertaker, like all the seven foot yeah. giants would choke slam you in five seconds. But everyone would be like, oh, I feel so sorry for him. He's so cute. Yeah, and if I was just like a normal like uh, face dude, like just a normal wrestler, I'd probably do like Crazy Train from a uh, 
That's John. cool. Yeah. yeah, that's actually a really good one, and people love it. It's so upbeat and heavy, but like that that lead line at the start is so yeah. iconic. But even the start when he goes like, "All aboard!" Dun, dun. Yeah. yeah, so it gets people are really pumped up, and and your finishing move will be like the crazy train where you do like a line of ants off the ground with pee. Like to yeah. recreate with Ozzy. Well, and the guy like freaks out. And he like throws <laughs> yeah. up. Hey, pin him. Yeah. <laughs> he runs out of the ring. Get the you get the count out and you win. All right, I got two. Um, my first one is complete psychosis from Hypocrisy. Uh, it's just a badass song from start to finish. You just got to listen to it. Go to YouTube right now. But there actually is a whole entire album written for it. Oh, before you get to that, talk about hypocrisy. Pain's coming down next they year. Are. Yeah, it's it's good because people who like pain, my girlfriend would really like it. But people who like hypocrisy her boyfriend, um, aren't so happy about it. Which is okay because Pete will be here and we can persuade him to make his yeah. boyfriend happy or her boyfriend well, happy. If they were an encore, how many, how many albums do Payne have? Is it just the one? Three or five. Oh, no, he's got, he's got like yeah. five or something. You know, he, he yeah. basically is on the Payne movie at the moment. He loves it. Um, I'd imagine because of the women who throw themselves at it. I mean, my girlfriend heard it and fell in love with that album straight away. But we're talking about my songs. Yeah. Intro, not what my girlfriend's willing to do is to... Uh, Leave the Boldness Expressed uh, tour. We're looking at the album that actually has every song on it as a wrestling intro, and that is Meshuggah's Chaos Fury album. Literally, you want to grab anything off that, it, everything is literally an intro for a kick-ass heavy metal uh, spine-necking breaking attack. Whether you're a face or a heel, it can work both ways. Uh, Corridors of Chameleon, I think the third track was my favorite on it, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah. That album is just badass, man. Even the one before it, to a degree, with um, Destroy, Race, Improve, uh, Future Machine, sorry. Um, yeah, all, that kind of, all those kind of songs off of that album is cool, but uh, yeah, Meshuggah had the heyday when they were writing kick-ass seven-string um, anthems. Mate, just WWE, just don't worry about paying anyone. Just, just, just give Meshuggah the money and just take all their songs. Yeah, fair play. Because that's what I mean. There is like tie-ins to uh, heavy metal with wrestling. Like Kill Switch and Gage, we found out are uh, writing some interesting. Right now songs. they're doing it. Yeah, right now. Uh, in the past, they did it for Kill uh, CM Punk. Punk. That's right. Triple H wants metal bands to play like as entertainment they at ha- shows. They had Motorhead play at their gigs yeah. once as well. At one of the entrances as well. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. So there is uh, definitely a tie-in. I mean, it's all part of it's a high energy, high aggressive nature type oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. So that, it does marry in quite well. So like The mates we yeah. go with, one of them absolutely doesn't like metal at all, but he hears that at the time and he gets into it. It's like, it gives him that adrenaline rush, man. He's like, yeah, cool. I'm like, dude, like, why does it stop when you leave? But <laughs> I guess that's the whole point. Like, I want to have him carry those feelings over towards it. But yeah, you look... You can't force to love anything or love anyone, especially. Uh, I've tried that for the last 25 years. So we'll go, you know, that's the way it is. The way it is is the way it is. But uh, yeah, those are our lists, I guess, Danny. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, definitely right. So um, yeah, thanks everybody for chucking in their ideas, suggestions. Uh, if you get really creative and like have costumes like you've already tried out to be a wrestler or send those through as well, that'd be quite interesting to check out. Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to take these. And if uh, you like, just get a little tip in the uh, Super Metal Brothers jar. You know, all these ideas aren't free. We feel like we should like charge people for them. <laughs> but let's move on to our CD review this week. Winds of Plague, the album is called Blood of My Enemy, a band that i actually remember checking out back in the day i actually have one of their albums called the great stone war and i was impressed at the start the first two or three tracks i remember being an absolute killer time but just towards the end of the album i ended up falling out of love with it maybe the riffs themselves didn't sell me as much as the early albums did or 
there was something else that uh, maybe I didn't never get the right time or the appreciation to really engross in it. However, they're always a part of my memory. Danny, you on the other hand have probably never heard this band before. No, exactly right. And I thought <laughs> the best way for me to introduce Wings of Play and in the spirit of wrestling is to do my impersonation of Ultimate Warriors classic Holt Hogan. Okay. I'm going to take over the plane and crash it speech. And now I'm going to replace it with... Uh, Wings of Plague. So get ready for one of the worst things you're ever going to hear on a podcast, but I had to do it because I just love it. All right, I'm getting the character. Holt Hogan. When Gabriel blows his trumpet for the apocalypse, Holt Hogan, we shall have the four horsemen of the apocalypse come crashing down on you, Holt Hogan. Not only would you get the horsemen of war, the horsemen of famine, and the horsemen of death, Holt Hogan! Oh my god. <laughs> you also get the horseman of plague. Hulk. And when the horseman of plague Hulk, Hulk, comes crashing down onto this land, and I get my warriors to get with him, and we get together, Hulk Hogan, you shall become the blood of my enemy. Oh my Hulk, god. Hogan. <laughs> I think not only one, maybe two fans would have got that reference, but we are talking Winds of Plague. Founded in 2002 in Upland, California. You can assume that this band has uh, had quite the fun time. Yeah. Well, uh, your assumptions would be wrong because this band literally has gone through 16 former no members. Particularly, which I had to notice, five keyboardists. You know, we're talking some absolute moving a lot. We're talking the former pianist exactly as well was like Alana Pokonik. And there's another girl who got... To reveal to have her like boobs out or something like that. There's a couple other things. Yeah, that was over an ex-boyfriend or whatever. But um, it's a lot of movement. The only one to stick around though is the lead guitarist Johnny Plague. Wow. I, I'm assumingly that was named ironically for literally being the plague that would end the existence of you know 15, 16 other people. Wait, to be fair, that's like a pretty badass name. Like his name was guaranteeing that he should have been like a heavy yeah player. a little bit like Zach Wilde yeah. or John Petrucci Randy or Rhodes. Jeff Loomis Randy yeah. Rhodes yeah. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne those names are literally guaranteed to get you stardom like whether they're real or manufactured that's what you need to do um, basically at the start they were called Black Dis- December which is terrible they did change it in 2005 in April to Windsor Plague which is far more acceptable um, Decimate the Week was the band's first major album released in 2008 and since then they've gone on to write a few ones like again like I said The Great Stone War and uh, toured with massive bands as well Despise Oakland Pike Holly Drive Impending Doom Danzig Divimi Borgia Valamano etc etc these guys are veterans now they've been around for quite a long time or particularly the lead singer has or lead guitarist what is it? The guitarist, isn't it? Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's the lead singer. Oh, it's the, the lead vocalist. singer? Yeah, Johnny Plague's oh. the lead singer. He's the only one that's been there from the very start. The guitarists oh, have changed oh. since then. So, uh, well, we're going to have to talk about this album now, Danny, won't we? And nothing is better than uh, going through track by track. So let's start from the very, very top of the instrumental. Again, it's just a really a minute 10 of, you know, John Spook fart noises that works, you know. It's pretty much ambi- you know, it's ambiguous. It kind of like, you know, gets you ready for the... Well, the second track, I'd imagine, is, is to title, and the second track does start pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, the first tracks, they it's like that slow build-up and use a bit of orchestra feels yeah. and stuff, a bit of ambience there. And to be fair, I thought it was completely wasted. I'd be like, why are you doing ambience and orchestra feels? But to be fair, they use it in the track too. So it wasn't yeah. a complete waste and a complete like arty-farty bullshit. Yeah. They actually use it and tie it into track too. And 
pretty much they tie it through the rest of the album. Yeah, it actually is a good point. Um, basically, if you wanted to hear the riff from Master of Puppets with the blast beats, then uh, the best way of, that's the best way of describing the first 20 seconds, you know. A uh, bit unfair to the band. I mean, it is a cool riff, don't get me wrong. But uh, that you get an impression pretty way that these, these riffs are going to hit you tough. It's going to be fast. And uh, I liked it. No, it was a good, good start, a good little breakup. And uh, it's a good song from start to finish, man. It gets mm-hmm. you... Gets your adrenaline going. Um, nice change in the chorus shows there how they can uh, shows how the guitarist and the keyboardist especially are working together on this album, giving each other that time to shine, which is really cool. Um, what do you think, Danny? Yeah, no, I thought it was really good. Uh, very yeah, energetic, um, bit groovy at times, especially in the middle there. Yeah. Uh, I guess because it's a bit genty type thing. Uh, chorus yeah. is slightly catchy. Kind of sing along because I do have the chanting type yes. stuff. So now it's a good track too to start. Really after the slow introduction, they actually go straight into it and it's, it's a good song yeah it's a good song great way to open an album which is cool so we go into Kings of Carnage is the next one uh, a very kind of dream theater like that baby metal riff that we heard you know that real jumping like, da, 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 da. you know that real kind of like Middle Eastern kind of feel but uh, it's got that loose tone but it works really it kind of sounds a little bit evil but it's got that uh, familiarity to, to be kind of like catchy you know what I mean yeah sure I love the um, pinched harmonic section yeah, yeah. that was cool yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. tough, man. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's just all those little subtle breakups in the riffs that it helps you out. Like, instead of just making a like a normal just they actually put that little pinch to make it a little bit more like tense. Yeah, they 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 revisit a theme in the song though, which is probably like what I don't like about the album is the uh, right now. This is a warning. I'm about to lose control. Now it's not so much the line itself. <laughs> the line is bad. Don't get yeah, me wrong, yeah. but it's the delivery. It's the uh, Right now, this is a warning. I'm about to lose. And I'm just like, oh man, this is really. Yeah, like, like literally, all the music cuts it out. It cuts out. Yeah. Like, and maybe a slight, like, buzzing type thing in the background. But it does it twice in the song. Yeah. And that's not. You should have done it at the end. Like, the start, it kills all that momentum Actually, for a start. Correction, you, you shouldn't do it. Yeah, you shouldn't do it at you all, really. It at it's all. really bad. You're not like, 16 years old anymore. The problem I find with heavy metal is that, like, when I get to hear some of these lines, I actually sometimes go, oh, it's kind of, like, lame. Like, I know he thinks he's. Like, the band probably thinks they're really tough and cool and stuff. And maybe they are. Maybe they're just kick ass. I've seen the lead singer. The guy's massive. I mean, he's sure he would. If I saw him, I probably wouldn't tell him to his face. But we're not. We're gonna luxury of being in another country, in another room, <laughs> another continent, so we yeah, can do this kind of stuff. They're from California, so they don't get in fights. They just yeah. like, come on, man, you gotta like relax. Yeah. Man. So it's just kind of things like that. It's a. It's a. It's an incredibly interesting choice, which I didn't work for me at all. But again, like you said, some of these wrist men are tough as all hell, and the. And the dichotomy between the guitarist and the uh, keys and even the drumming is really cool so we're moving on to uh, Soul Eater which is uh, the shortest song off the album it's like 2 minutes 12 man this thing is over before it starts and I think that is one of its problems is that it's uh, got some good riffs the chorus is kind of nice with the nice keys but it really is wow it goes short it's just really fast it goes it's in and out yeah exactly right uh, yeah definitely right there's one part where they use uh, a bit of orchestra under the chorus yeah that gets a nice feel like a bit of sadness to it a bit of like oh uh, is this coming to an end type yeah again that's and that's one thing they they do use well they have a lot of big chorus sounds here but that's that's exactly right they have those chorusy sounds and they're really sad but they don't they don't take you for it as long as they could i mean like that's the whole thing like they're happy to give you that adrenaline shot for a longer or the deathcore songs the deathcore breakdowns go for the longer but these like you said, these epic natures don't feel like they really get enough time to tug on your emotional heartstrings. But again, 
just me kind of nitpicking, I guess. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, it's it's sad because like they they try to build up the chorus, of course, like most bands do. And like to be fair, at least at least a lot of these big epic chorus have a different feel sound. To yeah, them. they do. I think like one of the other bands we did this year, I thought it was Pyro Maze, maybe something else. All their like big choruses were very similar and got a bit repetitive. Yeah. But these guys do break it out with either like um, battling vocals yeah. or maybe some like ascending riffs rather than descending riffs to like build up rather than break Yeah, down. like your gang yeah. vocals in the album will, will change. We'll go into that a little bit later. So yeah. we'll move on to the next song, track from Failure Comes Clarity. Um, very in flamesy kind of chorus, I think it was. I remember this being like a very threat, like where the new groove of American metal was heading, like with threat signal, that is kind of stuff where it's like, you know, familiar it's got a metal sound it's very iconic now in metal and especially coming from the usa so it's um not many surprises here but uh the rhythms are pretty sick yeah the sections are pretty cool man uh loses a bit of gas towards the end of the song uh, just with the ideas around that death chord returning to that but again it's yeah it's a strong song yeah yeah and then, and then uh there's after on the choruses they have like a little short interlude with the female singer which then like it's kind of nice, soft, and inject, and then it goes into like a somewhat breakdown feeling. Yeah, so it's good like to come out of like you know, a bit of the um softness into like something heavy. Yeah, so that's that's a nice, nice bit of um contrast there. Yeah, they do well to do it. A blood of my enemy with track six. Now this is the one time with the album where they kind of stretch their, their their kind of feel. I guess you know this song, this intro is very much a kind of poppy. Uh, rock like a rock kind of like ballady kind of paramour kind of feel at the start uh, for about you know 10 seconds then it goes brutal again but they return to that that chorus again they use a singing style from a vocalist which I, although picking the female vocalist is okay I think that was a good idea they chose probably for me the wrong type of vocalist uh, I think they should have gone with like a Lizzie Hale or like a Diane Van Gesberg or something someone with like meat you know, this song, when you have, and the, and the, and the worst part about it, the only thing I can say to, to really give you the, the impression is the ending is like when it goes into the last chorus, the, the line before it is like, give blood, like drowning in the blood of my enemies like, on the battlefield, right? Like, so incredibly like brutal, if not hammy kind of metaphor or story arc. And then she comes in right after it where, where the blood through my veins. And it's so like wow this is really lame like if you sit back and actually take it in aside from the awesomeness from the, the keys the drumming and all the rhythm section is perfect but that's when it like oh man that's really dumb like i hated it i was like that's really not how i feel this song should have been portrayed and i think it was a wrong artistic direction from the from the vocals that time that's a fair point to say and it's actually weird as well because sometimes the endings of like previous songs carry into the intros of yep. songs like i'm not saying it's weird because oh that's so like new. yeah it's a way of tying the whole album together yeah. yeah but like they do it sometimes they don't do it sometimes the album so he's kind of like is this like a concept album is not a concept album so this time they did it like this song continues off the end of the last yeah. one but sometimes it doesn't like well I, what why don't I get it you guys want it to be a concept or not so yeah it's, it's a bit weird. tricky yeah I mean it feels like that's the thing so far the album and I mean like it's kick-ass so far with these like guitarists and stuff and it does feel like these guys have managed to so far keep it in context and that but we'll talk about it at the end Danny yeah um, Snakeskin is the next song, which is basically like a hell yeah more song. It's more in tune to a more like death metal intro and kind of feel than it is a deathcore song, which I think is a positive. These guys are new guitarists to the band. This isn't the old style. So they feel like they're paying homage to the old school of what I've heard of Windsor Plague, but also bringing it into 2017. And uh, they're using a lot of variations. They're known as a deathcore band, but I think that isn't very true. I think they have elements in it, but 
overall, they're far bigger than that. Um, I think it's great. Again, the returning of the lines like do or die, mother effer. Just don't yeah. do it justice to how great and kick-ass these songs are. There is, when you, I think you guy uses too many like, F-bombs as a crutch instead of being a, a tool to get an emotion across. Mm. And that's a bad thing for me. I think it's like, oh, you're, you're listening to a guy being trying to be angsty. And I think that's a problem. I think he could have done that better without just yeah. being so slipknot about it. It's kind of like a bad comedian. Like, they yeah. don't have jokes. They just keep swearing. Like, ah, he's swearing. I find that funny. You know, you know it's going to get a, a visceral response because it's a swear word. But because you're overusing it, it becomes, like you said, it, it, it takes everything away from when you want to use it. And yeah. uh, I, I, it's a shame because, again, this song is it's fun. It's yeah. a great song. It gives, it's, it's a balance from everything else that's been on the album so far. Yeah, it's actually clever as well because like, after each chorus, is like a different feel. Like mm. one, you have a bit of a breakdown after one chorus, now the other chorus have a bit of a groovy section, so they, yeah. they do change it up, so that actually makes it quite good. And the chorus is quite clever because you have, again, the screaming singing with the chanting chorus. It's kind of like a battling chorus, and I think it fits the tone of the song. So yeah. again, it's like a kind of a whole war marching type thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah give them credit. There are some clever things in the um, songs. Amen to that. Never Alone, track A. Awesome. It's pretty dark. Uh, they revisit that kind of thing as well with our intro. I think it is uh, really like it. It's very sad. Um, the chorus sounds very evil, like a Sabaton song, but like far more darker. Uh, again, I think they did well to kind of bring it back to another element that the band is known for, and that's kind of like their big ethnicness as well, kind of like what progressive metal can do. But they don't stay there very long. They don't like to be in that space. It's more about being brutal. But they can do it, you know? Well, I think one of the best riffs is actually, like they do a slow intro, then it goes into orchestra feel. I think it's like a really heavy riff, but for like eight bars or something. Yeah. And that's it. I'm like, oh, that's like one of your best riffs. What have you done? Yeah. Because so it's yeah. like they go through the motions where they'll go kick ass and then they'll break it down with a beat uh, generally and then they go into the chorus where they slow it down because it kind of feels like when it's a blast beat, they need to rock it out afterwards, which is fine. You know, they don't want to be a death metal band per se. They don't stay in a zone for too long than they need to. But so like you said, that's the risk they take. You know, the dream theater thing where you want to hear risk go for longer in some areas and sometimes another risk should have finished yeah, you know, weird but, choices. No, hey, look, more of that. You know, that's the thing. Hey, look, at least they played something that you really liked, you know, which is definitely what they do do. Yeah. Uh, then they return to a, a concept called, um, or track nine, which is 5150. And I'd like to know that these guys must be Slipknot fans because this is unapologetically a Slipknot song. Oh, okay. It's interesting because 5150, Black Sabbath had a song called E5150. Yeah. Because the 5150 in Roman numerals is V-I-L. Yeah, it's so evil. It's evil. So these guys are just, I guess, vile or vil. Yeah, so just Zong, vile. Zong is very vil. Very vil. Yeah, very vil. <laughs> it's it's kind of like just a classic, you know, Slipknotty post pre-Iowa kind of thing. It's just, you know, got those heavy riffs. It's got those double kicks all the way underneath it. You know, it's just like a real dark song, energetic kind of song. But again, it's different from the contrast of the whole album again. Yeah, and because... They play like under the song. They have the, the slow strings and it gives that real like evil type mm. depressing feel. So they do break it up a bit. And again, it's a different element they haven't used before, which is a uh, it's good. Either way, you lose coming up towards the end of the album right now. A nice um, like death intro kind of sort of thing again, which is nice. Again, it breaks it over to what they've been doing as well. Uh, again, not nothing really to uh, comment on this song. It's just some cool stuff, I guess. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of Samao or Samael type intro there with the yeah. whole like. Highest synthonic type, um, yeah, melodic. Do, 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 yep. sound, yeah. I walk 
Among the Dead. This is very much for me a return to the new way of where death metal is going with bands like Decapitated are now and reviews the Anti Cult. This kind of riff can feel kind of right on that as well. But again, the keys are awesome and it's very dark and breeding. Yeah, another decent riff in this album as well. Probably the second one of the other two or three top riffs in the songs through this. Yep. In the album is through this song, which is uh, good again. So it means they're not really running out of material. They're keeping it yeah. strong. Which is and good. at the end of Dark Waters, which is a song I didn't really care much for. It really did feel like the whole album kind of coming together. Though. It kind of felt like, like even when the intro was fun to revisit for track two, but it felt like every kind of riff was kind of a revisit, which if that's what they wanted to do, was tie it all together, was great. But even the vocal performance is very much just kind of seen through to the end. Nothing grabbed me emotionally or physically with this track. It wasn't that interesting. And... Uh, Unfortunately, a bit of a blemish on the way to finish such a uh, epic album. And the, weird, and the weirdest thing about the song is that it doesn't finish when you think it finishes, because the song fades out and then it goes like the quietness. But then, like for the last eight seconds of the song, they do like a full like deathcore breakdown out of nowhere. So uh. the song is like what I don't know, however song it is, and it stops. Then you get like three or four seconds of dead air. Yeah. And literally for the last eight seconds, all of a sudden it's like this breakdown. Like, Maybe that's why? why people call them a deathcore band because the last thing they always do, it's like, yeah, that's a deathcore rift. So these guys have to be that. That's what they want to leave their impression on. Yeah, maybe it's like a quote. It's like, oh, we need like three breakdowns. We only did two. Uh, well, we've re-recorded the whole song. It's just <laughs> chuck it at the back somewhere. It's like their Amen. It's like an Amen. <laughs> it's like, how on? Has this, has this album had at least five breakdowns? No. Yeah, get me, get, get the producer. Yeah, we need to put it in the last track. Um, so let's overall think about it this way. Well, what I loved about this album is literally these guitarists fit in really easily and really quickly and really well to write some amazingly tough riffs, good bunch of variation, and to encapsulate that all that felt like a theme. Like when you see the front cover, you're like, it's like a lot of red, a lot of like foreboding nature, like black and like angry. And I think these guitarists do it well, Danny. And to working alongside the new keyboardist as well, one of, you know, five. I, I'm not going to get used to this album because apparently I can't. Yeah. Like, there's, no, there's no gel. And that's a, one of the weirdest. Uh, one thing I don't like about that with the heavy metal is that you've got to allow these musicians time to write with each other, familiarize themselves and to, to get the best out of it. But these guys have gotten pretty good pretty fast to write this album. I thought with between these guys alone, the drumming itself works really well and doesn't do anything to take away from the experience either. No, no, I definitely agree. I think everyone does a great job, like adding a little different touch now or then. Like again with the guitars, you have one or two solos chucked in when they think it's needed. Yep. Um, they they do like a pinch harmonic section. They do like sending descending riffs. Yeah, you got your synths. tremolo sections. Yeah. You got your rocking like headbanging stuff. You know, you got your like that kind of old like rock and roll like mellow death. It's all there, man. Your death metal, black, black and metal kind of thing to a degree, you know. I think these guys wear their influences quite proudly on their sleeve. Um, sometimes I feel, though, with tracks, they do finish far earlier than they should. Um, the songs don't have the epic nature about it because they don't give them too much time to kind of grow on you. They kind of like hit you with everything and then it kind of ends. But again, it's just a little some minor times when I'm like, oh, the song's over already. Um, it's a shame because uh, just flesh, seeing these guys flesh it out, like you said, and hearing time those keys and stuff. So now you can revisit and hear something new on it, which is cool. Um, it sounds like we're really putting this album over as a decent rock. Did you really like it that much, Danny? I did like it actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I first time I heard it and stuff, I, I thought I wouldn't like it, but more I listened to it. Actually, I thought it's actually a pretty good album. You can just like chuck on and have it as a an album you want to listen to without putting too much thought into it. I thought well, it was just a the problem yeah. I had with 
the, the, the band is, when I first checked them out, and I thought this band would be one of the bands I would love forever, but for some reason, even with this album, I really didn't enjoy it. But I, I just can't fall in love with it. And what's, why can't we fall in love with something like that? And this has everything that, for me, should be one of the albums that I, a band I should just fall in love with and buy their whole entire discography. Um, what is it for you that stops you from falling like head over heels in love with it? You know, like, I mean, this, this, if this was a woman, it would be like tall, attractive, a secure job. It's, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what is it that's stopping us from making the ditch and buying a house and having some kids with it? Oh, good point. I think one of the things that I all liked more for is more like money riffs, you could say. There wasn't enough like, real heavy, strong groove or chunky sections where you really want to turn up louder and keep going with it. Yep. They're more about trying to help break a bit of difference between the, that big chorus feel and the rest of the verse. So the verses and pre-chorus, etc. will be either like a bit stripped back, a bit groovy or a bit rocking just to help out through into the bit when it comes to the chorus and they get the big chorus slowed down epic sound. And that's great, but sometimes because some the pace the songs are short, like you said, yeah. they can't pace the songs well. So you can't you don't let them breathe and you don't let them feel right. And sometimes they just don't need to do it. And then I just keep it as a heavy song, keep it as a rocking song. Don't keep going back to that big chorus feel. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's that chance for like going into that whole soft chorus kind of thing, or like you said, like the big chords and stuff like that, and you know, go for faster frenetic. And these guys want to showcase all their ability, which is amazing and their ability is phenomenal i think that is a point like it's just like you said there isn't enough where the, the riffs are a good strong fast riffs and they're great and i can see why people love them but you're right there's never a time where i'm like holy crap like with like like with someone like symphony x for example i can listen to riffs off that and their their songs are far more like broken up they've got like probably less riffs than these guys but they're just so much more stretched out and flushed out and giving other people a chance to then kind of come out. Maybe that's the reason why. I mean, like, these guys have never more kind of riffs in their songs, but again, when it comes to Loomis's writing, his style gives, gives a good story all the time, and the way he ends a song and turns everything around is so beautiful, and it's so much more romantic, but also heavy. But I also think that another thing why I don't like this album a lot, and I think this is the biggest straw that broke the camel's back. This isn't a straw. This is a, a monumental beam that fell on the camel from a great height and with uh, three tons of, of weight attached to it. So yeah, the camel had one hump, but now it has two humps. Cause yeah, because like, it's slid in half, yeah, and that's yeah. the vocalist, man. This is one of... I, I feel so bad for the Butcher Babies, man. We'll give him crap about their singing style, but at least they didn't take themselves that seriously at times. They're just having a bit of fun with it, you know? But with the lyrical things and like the guys bravado coming from California, it just feels so contrived. Like, dude, the worst thing you would have had is a blowjob and a protein shake that morning. Uh-huh. And he's talking about being there, being the, like the blood of his enemies and stuff. And I feel like it would have been more of a service if he talked about a story encapsulating being that. Um, and, and, and the performances, like you said, on track two, like this is a warning about to lose control. Um, the over-reliance on using F-bombs, I think track eight is well, nine as well. It's, it's, it's the, per, the biggest problem is if, if I'm hearing what you're, because I love what I love about metal is that I can't even hear what you're doing, but your delivery is so good, but I don't like this guy's delivery, which makes me then have to listen to his vocals to save it. And when I do, it's even worse. And I think that's a problem when I really engage in what he's saying and doing, I'm like, ah, oh, I've got to hear that over those killer riffs and stuff as well. And I remember hearing it with the, with the other album as well. And I was never that like, this metal vocalist is just taking my breath away. He's doing a solid performance, but those things for me just aren't doing it for me, man. Yeah, now fair play. And in the words of Mr. Plague, 
right now. This is a warning. I'm about to lose control right now. Self-destructing time bomb set to explode. Uh. Yeah, that's that's gonna do. Is that for you, Danny? Is that kind of the is that is that the ex- explanation part of why you think this album isn't gonna be one of your albums? Well, you're a vocalist. Tell me what you think. Oh, look, I agree that vocal wise, I do like his scream and he puts a bit of growl and stuff in there yeah. at times, and that's all great. The choir and the chanting is great. Yeah, the variety in that in the chorus is good. Yeah, that's all good. But when he like strips back to do that, like you know, and he talks, he does a couple of times in the album, and he thinks it's so profound and like engaging. It's not. It's really bad. Just yeah. don't do that. And you're right. And the lyrics are a bit too hammy, a bit too cheesy, and it's too corny. Just like we made fun of Butcher Babies, the Egg, Swim with the Shark song, and that's somewhere they just swear for like 40% of it. Yeah. Again, this like, no, you you have to develop, your age has to develop the lyrical content. Yeah. You know, if, you're, look, if you're aiming for like the 16-year-old market, uh, fair enough, keep with these lyrics. Yeah. But at the same time, get a thesaurus and like, you don't have, I mean, you don't have to be like really over top complex like Shakespeare or something but at, at least have some subtlety to your writing because yeah. then, then people can be like instead of like hitting them with like a sledgehammer hitting them with a feather like wait what, what is what is, what is you trying to say type thing yeah I, that's the thing I mean like take it with obviously like don't, they're going to listen to us and go like, you guys don't know what you're talking about granted you know write whatever you your heart says to write but um, this is an album for us why I think Windsor Plague stopped fall short which ironically is the reason why these men are still going on so we get to hear all these awesome riffs and all these drumming to this kind of style with all these ideas set forth by the generations before them but that's kind of like you know it's kind of like the mole on Cindy Crawford apart from I think you like that mole I just like Cindy Crawford I, <laughs> wish, I wish I was that mole <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's kind of the thing. Or having, or just having an attractive girlfriend with like abusive parents that uh, you swear at you a lot and uh, you know call you on your boldness or something. You know, it's something that that happens every day. So with that, I guess we have to send uh, Windsor Plague on their way and hope they enjoy their life together with their new band for however long it might be. <laughs> yeah. Give or take three to four months. So. Yeah, don't don't learn names. It's just not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just wait. <laughs> it's like a dog that you know has cancer. You just look at it like, it's going to be dead soon. <laughs> I told you to name it. Now we can't put it down. Oh, shit. Oh, with that, we had the end of our show. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, until next week, I am Superman, brother Matt. And I have a Superman brother, Dan. <laughs> Hold. Hold. <good. laughs> We're coming up towards the end of our show, guys. So join us for the last couple of weeks before our end of year big extravaganza. But uh, until that day happens, though, have a lovely weekend. We'll see you then. Bye.